When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. May I have your attention, please? You need passion. You need desire. You need want. We play with that passion. We play together. We play for each other. And we play to win. We are. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. I'm your host, JP Moreau, and joining me as ever is Len Clark and Len. Those first few days of the week are always sweeter. After a Notre Dame victory, the Irish bouncing back after that loss to the Cincinnati Bearcats with a 32-29 victory over the Virginia Tech Hokies. And Len, we just can't seem to have a normal win. You know, the Irish struggle in the first quarter, bounce back in the second, and then have to rely on a field goal from Jonathan Dorr to get out of Blacksburg with the win. And as usual, the quarterbacks are the main topic of conversation post-game, but also a lot of promise to come out of this one, Len. Well, I'll tell you, it was one of the strangest games I've ever seen Notre Dame play. Fortunately, the Irish win, because as you said, it's that 24-hour rule, and then for the next couple of days during the week. And that win was so important because it gives them a little bit momentum going into the bye week, a lot of positives as opposed to a loss, which really could have put this team's tail between their legs. But it, it, it had every storyline down in Blacksburg and Notre Dame came out on top and just a good win for the fighting Irish now five and one on the year. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we'll start with the, with the quarterbacks as, as usual. Um, Jack Cohen starts the game much to the apprehension of Notre Dame fans all from the first two drives. I'm not going to mince my words here, Len, you know, I'm doing this long enough. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I feel, but then Butler comes in. He looks great. That shot on the arms and great runs, that beautiful shot to Kevin Austin, which set up his touchdown throw to Kyron. And then he shows his inexperience for the pick six, another interception. And then Jack Cohn comes in, <laughs> leads those final two drives with a touchdown and a field goal. I mean, where do we go from here at the quarterback position, Len? Three quarterbacks all done well, all showed an experience, all had bad moments, all had good moments. Heading into that bye week, I mean, it's still more questions than answers. Well, here's how much I know. I wrote a whole article about this is the Drew Pine area era, and, and <laughs> Pine didn't even see any time against Virginia Tech. But we, uh, Irish Illustrated had picked up some intel that Jack Cohn was going to start. So we don't see these quarterbacks in, in practice. 
The coaches must see something in Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine to make the decision that they do to start Jack Cohn. So I didn't believe it until I saw it on the video board that Cohn was going to start. But then, hey, he's got that experience. He started many a games, and this was a very pivotal game, especially going into the bye week. Now, I was a little surprised that it was Buckner over Drew Pine, but a lot of positives for Tyler Buckner. But still, you can see he's still learning the game at the college level and mistakes nearly cost the fighting Irish. Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't played since since 2019, obviously being in that California region really hurt by, by COVID last year. And then I guess, I mean, you'd love to see Tyler Butler go in and do his thing, especially when you go and watch the Oklahoma-Texas game and you've got freshman Caleb Williams there leading them in one of the, one of the bigger games of the year. But Drew, um, Jack Coman, I mean, Drew White spoke about it in the, uh, in the post-match. He has that look in his eye. And, you know, he had, had those two bad first drives. The fans want Drew Pine or Tyler Butner. He's a 75-yard touchdown drive, the 45-yard field goal drives. I like that they went up-tempo with it. Uh, he looked a lot more calm and assured then. You know, 9, nine of 12 in those last two drives, 9 of 12, 108 yards of touchdown. And, of course, setting up that, that, um, that field goal, I uh, mean, you got to you got to give credit where it's due. Me and you both thought Drew Pine's got to start this game. He looked like what the offense needed. We thought Jack Cohn was done, but he comes in, shows that experience, and, and pulls out the win. Really, well, give all the credit to Jack Cohn for staying mentally in that game after being lifted after the first quarter. He could have sat on the bench and said, "Hey, my career is done." But you know, Brian Kelly would have taken a lot of heat too if Notre Dame lost this game by starting Jack Cohn. And you could see the sense of relief in Brian Kelly in the postgame uh, where, you know, sometimes a blind squirrel gets a, a, an acorn, you know, but it was uh, he went with this gut and it paid off. But Cone, you know, started off real slow. Pole comes back in and then leads the team, much like he did against Toledo when they needed him. And that just tells you a lot about this quarterback. And hopefully it might have silenced some of the critics that say, get rid of Jack Cohn, because now going against Brian Kelly's words where he says, you know, we're going to be looking for one quarterback. I think they've gone back to the three quarterback again, or at least the two uh, mm. to conclude the season. Yeah. And we thought it was this weekend, it was going to be Drew Pine and Jack Cohn was done. And now Jack Cohn's put his hat, uh, throw his hat right back in the mix. So you said it in our previous pause. There must be something happening at practice, which Drew Pine must be throwing interceptions at every pass. Because, I mean, he's great every time he comes in and then he never starts. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, listen, got out of there with the win. Some positives. A running game. A Notre Dame running game, Len. You know, not, nothing nothing like last year's running game, but the best so far this year. The best the offensive line looked. Uh, Kyron Williams, again, just excellent. Uh, 19 carry, 74 yards and a touchdown. Had that receiving touchdown. I was thinking in my head after that, after that grown, ran, grown man run, I'll call it, for the touchdown, where does he rank in terms of Notre Dame running backs ever? I think if he had the offensive line from last year, I mean, this guy is so dangerous in space. He, he, he runs small for his size, but he makes people miss. You know, he's a, he's a leader. He was excellent today uh, on Saturday, Lund. Well, Kyron Williams and uh, has been kind of hampered by that offensive line, but the line, especially with a lot of young faces, really – stepped up against Virginia Tech, allowing him to, I don't want to say have a breakout game, but giving him the daylight where he could exploit that Virginia Tech defense. And as the run, Notre Dame run goes, game goes, so do the Fighting Irish. And so the run game really opened up the passing game, which is what enabled Notre Dame to hit on all cylinders in the game. And, of course, the defense 
I thought played outstanding once again. And, you know, especially with that, uh, you know, Virginia Tech knocking in the door and then holding them to a field goal, you know, that was a difference maker as well. Now, Virginia Tech was able to run the ball, and I go back to that 19-yard scamper by the Virginia Tech quarterback to score the touchdown, but that was with an Isaiah Foskey right on his tail. So it was just one of those uh, things. And But I thought it was a total team effort on both sides of the ball for Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about outstanding. I think the defense did struggle in parts. They struggled to get off the field and third down a lot. They did well in the pass in the second half. I mean, J.D. Burton leading the tackles. This is just a, a weekly thing now. Drew White I thought was excellent. And Isaiah Flosky, I mean, when we do our mid-season review, and he's got to be one of the candidates and one of the most improved players. And there was a lot of talk about him in, 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 in spring ball, which we covered. Is he going to step up? He hasn't really taken that, that next step, which you would expect with his athleticism, but a sack and a, uh, uh, I think a couple of TFLs. And then, of course, the defence coming up with that awesome goal line stand to force him junior tech into a field goal. And then with Tariq Racy with that excellent interception, it's great to have Kurt Heinisch back. I don't think it was a vintage performance, but they did what they needed to do, and they helped the team get out of there with the win. Well, exactly. The defense did what they needed to do. Now, what I noticed is that you could see they're getting a little bit tired. That's why this bye week comes at a very opportune time. These guys need a break. Even Kyron Williams said, I don't want anything to do with football for the next <laughs> week or so. Uh, they just need they, They've been going at this since August. You know, They need a little bit of a break and to be uh, student-athletes and – but you could see that that offense, I mean, that defense was really starting to wear down a little bit. So, as you said, it was a they got the they got what they needed to do, but still it was not vintage Notre Dame defense. And uh, I'm going to bring up the offensive line. And this is a this is a unit which we've been very critical of and rightly so. They haven't been good enough. I'm not saying they were exceptional on, on Saturday, but they had their best game and, and you need to build on that momentum. They gave up two sacks, I think, in the first quarter. One of the sacks, Jack Cohn just walked into it. So I'm not going to blame that on the offensive line, but super impressive. You know, 173 yards in a tough environment, especially with the offensive linemen to play with all that noise. I thought Jared, Pat, Jared Patterson looked like the veteran he is. Christoph came in for Corral worked. I'm kind of sick of number 52 getting flagged for full starts all the time, but thought the offensive line looked great, helping out um, the passing game and the running game. And then the receivers, I mean, you you don't have Michael Mayer. If someone told us when we did our preview show, no Michael Mayer, we're thinking Notre Dame can't win this game. But Kevin Austin bounces back, recovering well. He had three catches, 70 yards, and and they didn't get a, a, didn't get a touchdown, but he got that two-point conversion and went, obviously, that 46-yard pass and Buckner kind of set up um, the touchdown. Avery Davis, too, coming up catch. Um, I think this is, the, this is the first game of the year where Notre Dame gets more yards, pass yards, and rush yards. <laughs> I mean, it, it felt like this was a, com a, a complete offensive performance, even if it isn't on the level we want it to be. But a hostile environment without your best offensive weapon, or at least your best best pass catcher. You've got some freshmen coming in. Joe all at left tackle. I was kind of worried when he kind of got spun for that first sack. He looked great. Styles and Colsey coming in. Diggs, Logan Diggs had a couple of great runs, so Again, a lot of promise, a lot of good stuff to come out of this one. Yeah, and you saw a lot of the freshmen getting a chance to play as well. And it's experience. It's, you know, the more that they're playing together, they're going to get better. And so now six games into the season, you can see that things, a little bit slow at the beginning, but now things are starting to get better. And that's really going to pay dividends in the second half of the college football season for Notre Dame. So a great win for Notre Dame. Right now, a much-needed break uh, just to – just to recover from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental one. It's been, it's been a tough going, even for us media people. It's, it's been kind of a, a challenge for us, but it's just a chance to take a deep breath, relax, and really get focused for the second half. And there we go. We've got the, we've got the bye week, right? And 
I mean, obviously we're critical. We expect the best of Notre Dame as we should, but five and one after losing your starting quarterback, offensive weapons, entire offensive line, guys on defense. It's super impressive. And it may maybe we kind of play play down that because again, we want we want the best for Notre Dame. But you got a chance here to finish eleven and one, have this bye week, get into a New Year's six bowl, maybe get Cincinnati again, maybe even get Michigan. I don't know. They, you know, they've ever played Michigan, Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. That sounds I want that. Well, That's something you know, Michigan looking let's good. Take but... it, let's take it game by game. But <laughs> I was just traded on their insider podcast was talking Peach Bowl, Michigan. We got get but you know, with the way that college football is going right now, you saw a lot of upsets. Alabama being taken down. If Notre yeah. Dame stays at one loss. You never can tell. But you know, it's going back to this game. I have not seen a stranger football game. I think the last one that was strange in mind was back to the championship year when in 2012 when Pittsburgh missed some field goals toward the end of the game, and. Uh, but this one, I've never seen it where you bring in a starting quarterback, he gets knocked out and he brings him back in. But it just shows you that good teams find a way to win. But more importantly is that the players rallied around him, even though they could have said, well, he didn't do anything in the first quarter. And I think a real key component on that drive was Avery Davis. I just had a feeling that he was going to have a big catch. And Kevin Austin coming up big on that two-point conversion. We did see Jack Cone with a little mobility being forced yeah. out of the pocket. So we can say that he's got some wheels, but good teams, JP, find a way to win and let's savor this one. It's a lot better going into a bye week with a win as opposed to hanging our heads for a couple of weeks and then bringing USC to town. Exactly. And five and one, that one loss might only come to, to, to the hands of Cincinnati, who could well be a playoff team. And, you know, you come into that bye week, of course, you've got USC. We're going to preview that one in a couple of weeks. But like you said, every game bar the Wisconsin game, and even that had its moments, has been an emotional, physical drain on the players. It's been an emotional, physical drain on us <laughs> as fans. So, yeah, let's get into the bye week. I don't know if we any of the injuries. I was wondering maybe if Blake Fisher could maybe get back for the latter half of the season. You think that maybe they might just sit him. Of course, Joe Walt's playing great at left tackle, but he did look great in spring. I know he, he, had, he had quite a tough injury. I don't know if they're going to risk him as a, as a freshman. Well, but If the offensive line continues to get better, I would say don't rush Blake Fisher coming back. It would be great to have him, but he saves another year. And that helps Notre Dame down the road unless he jumps to the NFL, which is something I think is really hampering schools right now. You know, you build it up and then you have to go back to the drawing board because now your best player is leaving. And, you know, recruiting is a 24-7 day process. And I know the Fighting Irish are taking advantage of the bye week right now, going out and trying to, you know, just solidify their recruiting prospects for the next couple of years. But other injuries, have, you know, carbon, Tyler Buckner tweaked an ankle in the game as yeah. well. And that could have been a reason why Jack Cohn came in. But I still wonder why, you know, Drew Pine was not seeing any playing time. But I think the injuries right now are just kind of superficial, if you will. And time will heal those. And so it'll be interesting when they come back to start preparing for USC to see who is still out and who is still, you know, maybe going to be seen sometime. But you need to go with the people who are getting the experience and playing right now. And right now, that offensive line, I think we're going to see them against USC. Yeah. Well, let's, let's enjoy this bye week before Southern Cal come into town. Obviously, that's the big one. They've struggled a bit this year. They've had a coach change. But they've got some some weapons and and that's the big one but we'll be, we'll be back in a few weeks to to talk about that one and hopefully we'll be back next week for a little mid-season 
review on, on, on what we think of the Irish and heading in for the rest of the season. But Len, thank you for joining us. I've been James McGrath. He's Len Clark. Great to talk about this one. We'll see you guys soon. And as always, go Irish! Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.